Welcome to the Plainfield Christian Church Podcast. We hope that the message today encourages you. Today's podcast comes from our weekly Facebook Live broadcast called Weekday Chat. To tune in live and interact with us online, join us during your lunch on Facebook, Wednesdays at noon. Enjoy today's podcast. Everybody, welcome back to Weekday Chat, where we meet with you midweek to talk about where we have been and where we are going. Happy Thanksgiving to you all. I don't know about you, but I mostly just ate carrots for lunch today because I am prepping for a big day tomorrow. So I'm excited. I hope you carrots. all enjoy the food. Yeah, it like okay. I'm that's saving why you room. Have a, yeah, an orange complexion. Yeah, right yeah, yeah, now. yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah, looking looking pretty trim today. Okay. Anyway, hey, I'm Luke. I'm one of the ministers here at PCC, and my name's Steve. And we're are we are glad that you uh, choose to uh, listen a little bit and listen in. We wrestle with the same things that you do, and uh, if we can be an encouragement to you, we, we hope that will be true. Um, so if you have any questions or thoughts, opinions, or anything you want to leave to us, leave us. Just do that at the bottom of the page there and uh, let us know. We'd love to respond to you. Sunday, we are in Revelation 20, and uh, they were tough verses, these five verses mm-hmm. about the judgment throne of God that many believe we won't, we won't be there because we're saved. I don't see it that way. I said that Sunday. I just feel like we'll all be there um, to be reminded of the brilliance of God's grace, uh, that we're, we're going to be welcomed in by virtue of Christ's work on the cross, mm-hmm. um, but also as, a, as a, a, a place where we are going to receive rewards based upon the works that we have done in the name of the mm-hmm. Lord. And so I trust it was encouraging you. One lady uh, told me, she said, well, I hope I don't have nightmares. And I hated that. I don't want anybody to feel that it's that kind of text that, that it's going to be a horrendous thing. I hope it'll be, uh, be a humbling position we're in, mm-hmm. but at the same time, be so beautiful because of the beauty of God himself. Yeah, I, I know I'm biased, but I really think it's one of the best sermons I've ever heard on Judgment Day, Steve. And I love the tone that you approached it with um, because it, it's a tough topic. It's not it one that we tough. enjoy talking about, and yet it is so necessary and so true. Yes. And uh, it's our duty to make sure that we're all ready for that day when that day comes. And yet right. it's not easy. But if you haven't listened to the sermon, I would really encourage you to go back and, and check it out on the podcast or online. It's definitely worth doing, and it's been challenging for me ever since I heard it, Steve. Um so when we're talking about this topic, about the judgment of God and, you know, his, his judgment and his mercy simultaneously, what, what's your emotional response to that? What do you think is a proper response for us to have as we approach this topic? Yeah, well, you can't be at that scene and not be moved in some way. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, recently, a woman said to me, why is it that when we come together on Sunday that we're always reminded about sin? Because, like, why try? I, I, I walk out thinking, why should I try? Because no matter what I do, I'm never doing enough. And my response to that is, you know, it, it depends on your relationship with God, you know, on what, on exactly how you're going to relate to him. Because it's not so much about living up to him as it is living in the way he already sees us. See, through... When that exchange happened on the cross and we were saved, he already sees us as pure and holy and righteous. He sees us just like he sees his son, Jesus. It's hard for us to understand. Mm -hmm. But once we know that's how God already sees us, then there's the freedom of obeying him, Mm -hmm. not the oppression of obeying him. It's two different ways of obedience and two different sources of motivation. So 
Um, like in this text we read, we had the books where all the bad is there and all the good we've done. Mm-hmm. And there's the book, the book of life. Mm-hmm. So, so by which one will you live? If you live only by the books, then your relationship with God is more as judged than anything else. Mm-hmm. But if you live in relation more, see, the book, the book of life, then you relate to God more as your father. Yeah. And that's so much how he wants us to relate to him as a child to this father that's crazy about us, mm-hmm. not the judge who is anxious to execute a sentence. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. And when we, you know, as we approach this topic of the judgment of God, knowing that when you follow Jesus, you're washed white in his blood, your name's written in the Lamb's book of life, then grace kind of becomes the background music behind the whole text. And that just, it changes the game. And yet, it it, it doesn't make this an easy topic. You know, talking about judgment is something that we have to approach carefully. It's not going to be popular to talk about um, in this world. Uh, People don't like the reality that we're all going to face an ultimate reckoning of how we have lived, every one of us. And I think you made a very compelling biblical case for the fact that we are all going (laughs) to own up to that. And so I think it's important to recognize the heart of God in this matter, that God's not just some kind of vindictive cosmic cop who's out to write you a ticket and takes a lot of joy in that. Scripture's pretty clear. It says God takes no delight in the death of the wicked. Uh, Paul says in 1 Timothy that God's will is for all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. And so when we talk about judgment, I think we have to approach it as God does, as we're grieving, you know, and and you preached the sermon through tears, and I thought that was the appropriate way to do it. Um, And yet, at the same time, when Judgment Day comes, whatever God does will be right, and it will be good. And And when we are all standing before his throne on that day, and when he announces the verdict for every individual who's ever lived, we will all say together, yes, that was the right thing to do. So we have to we have to land there ultimately. Yeah, you know what we're talking about here reminds me of this movie clip I saw at a gathering. I think it was Sweet Home Alabama. I'm not sure where a little boy or girl runs after daddy who's leaving, and right before that clip, they showed the verse, um, "God hates divorce," mm. and then they showed the clip, and then they then then they put that scripture back, and he just said, "Now how do you feel?" And it changed everything about me. The first time before the clip, it was like, yes, he hates divorce. And then when the clip and the hurt and the pain of that scene, mm-hmm. then it hit me. It's, it's, it's because he has something better for us yeah. and our obedience. It's not that he's trying to make life hard for us. He knows that in obeying him, we have it better. Yeah, It's out of his love. And mm-hmm. I... Oh, boy, it's, there's, there's a lot to learn, a lot of ways to learn and grow in that. Okay, well, well piggybacking on that, you know, so here we are called by grace to live mm-hmm. under the canopy of his grace. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, we know we stand before this judge. It's easy to abuse grace. Yeah. Since I'm in the book of life, well, be haphazard. Mm-hmm. But then it's unhealthy to live in judgment. Where's the where's the tension? All that. Where's the balance? What do we do? It's tough. It, it really yeah. is just tough. Um, I immediately when Ashley sent us this question, I thought of Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who mm-hmm. uh, lived in Nazi Germany, and he was a, he was a pastor there in, in Germany, a German pastor, and he coined the term cheap grace, um, which it was the term he used to describe this attitude of oh well, God will forgive me. You know, it's just kind of his job. And he said that it was this embrace of cheap grace that ultimately led the German church to go along with the Third Reich and exactly. Nazi Germany. And so, like, this is an incredibly serious issue. We, we should not be flippant about our salvation 
or our or how we live because you're right Steve um, that grace does not lead us to sin it leads us to obey out of gratitude that our freedom is a freedom to obey not a freedom to just do whatever we want Paul says in Romans uh, shall we go shall we go on sinning then so the grace may increase by no means you know grace leads us um, to obedience and so if you use grace as an excuse to sin, then you need to repent from that, and that attitude is dangerous and is leading you away from the Lord. However, we don't have to operate out of guilt or shame. All of us are sinners who've fallen short of the glory of God, and so we do get to live every day knowing that his mercies are new upon our life, and we get to claim his blood on that day. And so, yes, you should operate out of freedom, but also simultaneously, the fear of the Lord is a good thing, knowing that ultimately we will all face a reckoning for every word we've ever said. So what would you say, Steve? Well, I just remember a story in my own life. You know, my parents, uh, they were very freeing to me. Um, I came eight years after my brother, so I, uh, I, I got more freedoms, and I, and, I, and I did my best not to abuse that. But I, and, and, and I, so I didn't have a curfew. They just trusted me. And I'd usually be home at midnight, you know, occasionally, maybe 1 o'clock, but not later than that. But one night, it was 4 a.m., and my dad came looking for me. And I remembered the next morning, there was this, like, deafening silence Mm -hmm. in the house. And the atmosphere was not so much this consternation on me, but this sense that I had broken their trust mm. and it crushed me inside. Wow. And I think that's, that's where our lack should lead us. It's not that, oh, now he's going to be after me. And I think a lot of people are, have that relationship with God. Instead, it ought to be, how could I have broken his trust yeah. after what he did for me? Um, I'm also reminded, I, I wrote down the words, uh, lyrics of a, back in a college day, back in the 70s, uh, our concert choir sang this hymn. Uh, the words were translated from St. Francis from the 1500s. But it's always been one of those sets of lyrics I've gone back to. And it says, my God, I love thee, not because I hope for heaven thereby, nor yet because who love thee not must die eternally. Then the song goes into telling all about the cross and the redemption, the price was paid. Then he comes back and says, Then why, O blessed Jesus Christ, should I not love thee well? Not for the hope of winning heaven, nor of escaping hell. Not with the hope of gaining aught, nor seeking a reward. But as thyself hast loved me, O everlasting Lord, even so I love thee and will love and in thy praise will sing solely because thou art my God and my eternal king. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, heaven and hell are certain. And they're real motivations for us, right? Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, it's just all about Jesus. Amen. It, it's, it's because of who you are, God, the way you have loved me. How can I not serve thee well with all that I have, you know? That's the heart we're going for. Yeah, and, and as we tell that story, like we can't help but ooze with love and compassion because we know that that is exactly what we have been given. Yes. So we're called to approach this and to even yes. preach hard truths like God's judgment with this lavish kind of mercy and grace and joy and compassion. Right. So what are some ways we can be intentional about that as we are sharing the good news with people? Well, I think in our own lives, we have to choose always to be extending goodness and mercy 
You know, in Psalm 23, goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life when he's my shepherd. Mm -hmm. Well, he has put us in the world to be shepherds of other people, to have Mm -hmm. the eyes of a shepherd. So we have to extend goodness and mercy. Um, And if that's how we primarily relate to God, we will mirror it. Mm -hmm. It starts with how we... How we interact with God will be the way we interact with the world. And so that's, that's how, what we have to practice. So we have to listen more than we speak. And we have to affirm more than we criticize. And we have to embrace more than we shun. And we have to weep more than we detach ourselves. Mm-hmm. We want to remove ourselves from the ugliness of the world. Instead, we're called to weep over the world. Mm-hmm and embrace the world uh, for the, in the name of the Lord. And all this takes effort because we're in a dark world. Evil is around us. But we have to choose what God values, our good shepherd values, what our Lord values, and appropriately then meet it out to the other people in our lives. And it, yeah. it's, it's not easy to do, but those are the choices we have to make. Absolutely. Let me nerd out here for a second. This word for when we talk about evangelizing, that comes from the Greek word euangelizo, which means literally to be a herald of the good news. We talk yes. a lot about the gospel. Gospel is a big fancy church word that just means good news. Yes. When we tell people about Jesus, like it should be good news, yeah, you right. know? That's what the angels said to the shepherds when they were telling them, hey, Jesus has come. I have good news of great joy that will be for all the people. So if when you're telling somebody about Jesus, it doesn't sound like good news of great joy, then we're probably not telling the story right. You know, so so maybe as you think about your story and how to have a spiritual conversation with somebody, maybe just ask that question: How has Jesus brought me joy? And let that shape your story. I I don't know, but um, it it is good news, and we should never lose sight of that. That even in the reality of our bad news, our sin, and our deserving of judgment, there's a rescue and a hope available for us. And it has to be a testimony about Jesus and Mm -hmm. who He is more than just you know. Why don't you come to church with me? Yeah, you know, it's it's a testimony of his goodness toward us. He is so good. I mean, I still, I know, don't capture how very good he is mm-hmm. and how much he loves us as a perfect parent. Absolutely. He's well, amazing. Well, Sunday's going to be a big day, right? Yeah, yeah, it'll be fun. Sunday's going to be good. Uh, we're going to have a guest preacher here. My dad's actually coming to preach for us, and he's going to preach on two of my favorite chapters in the whole Bible, Revelation 21 and 22, the very last two chapters, and we're going to catch a glimpse of heaven together. And, man, if there's not a, a better topic in the world to get your blood <laughs> pumping, it's going to be great. Yes. So I hope you'll join us as we gather again to worship online and in the building uh, Thursday evening online and Sunday morning at 8, 9, 30, and 11 here in the building. We hope to see you there. Have a great week. Happy Thanksgiving. Thank you for listening to the podcast today. It's our desire for you to grow in your understanding of Christ's love as you partner with us in our mission to love all people to new life in Christ. If you have any questions about our church or would like to plan a visit with us, go to plainfieldchristian.com. If you would like to receive our podcast every week, we encourage you to subscribe to the Plainfield Christian Church podcast on whatever podcasting platform you prefer. Have a great week.